Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast with your host, Janet Borrego. Each week, I bring you an inspiring person or message to empower you to live life on your terms so you can be who you want to be, do what you are meant to do, and have the life you deserve to have. We will provide you with practical and cutting-edge approaches to continue getting clarity and direction on your path, mastering your mindset, and gaining confidence to tap into your inner wisdom so you can live on purpose. Welcome to another episode of With Clarity and Purpose. And I am beyond excited for today's episode because Gabriela Mendoza Cadavid is here. Oh yes. my God, she's amazing. I'm just so excited. How are you doing, Gabriela? I'm doing fine. You're the best. If you hear background noise, that's because my dog does not stop no knocking worries. We'll just ignore it. But yeah, no, I'm doing really good and I'm excited to be on this podcast. I love that. Thank you so much. I've been following Gabriela for a while now and I love everything she puts out there into social media, into YouTube. She has her own YouTube channel. Gabriela is a self-publishing author coach and she's also a best-selling coach. She has a couple of books already in Amazon. And today we are going to talk all about it because I need to confess something. I'm being super selfish with this episode, Gabriela. I want you all your knowledge for me, but I know our listeners will be so excited to learn Um, more about you too. (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have my books here ready for you. Yes, I cannot wait. So let's bring it on. (laughs) Let's bring it on. Yes. So I always ask, all my podcast guests to give a little bit background about yourself. Where were you born? What's your heritage? What do you do right now? How do you help your clients? Just like a quick overview. Yes. Okay. So I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and my parents are from Colombia. So I still have a lot of family in Colombia and we go there two to three times a year. I mean, this was pre-COVID. Ever since COVID, it's kind of... has changed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changed. But no, I love, love Colombia. So I work as a speech therapist. I work with children and for part-time. And then other part-time is I own a business where I help aspiring authors, specifically coaches, speakers, and bloggers who want to write books to build their credibility because they've come to me for that. I just love writing. I've been writing for a really, really long time. And then that's when I just said, oh, let me write a book. And it went really well. And it's like the best decision I ever made. I love that. I'll be your future clients because writing a book is somewhere there in my journey, my friend. That's why I'm so excited for to be. Yeah, they always say that everyone should write a book. Why not? When I think of a book, it's such a great vehicle, really, to share a unique story that will help you uplift the world in any form that you decide to. So that's beautiful that you dedicate yourself to this. How do you gain clarity? How do you know this was your purpose? How do you know this is the thing that fulfills you? So it's a little bit of a selfish. At first, it started selfish. So it was years ago. I was just thinking, you know, that you go down the rabbit hole on YouTube University. I just wanted to find ways to make income, like another stream of income. 
And, and then I thought, oh, YouTube, let me do a YouTube. I had this other channel. I wasn't really passionate about that. And so as I was doing YouTube, I was like, I just started seeing more things about blogging and writing books and writing books and content, just content about writing. Ever since I was like 13, like very, very young girl, I've been writing songs. Like my thing was writing songs and then, you know, writing a diary and writing a blog. So I came across a couple videos of writing a book and how it's easy and you can self-publish it and all that stuff. So I figured, why not? Let me try. So the beginning was more selfish because the beginning was more, let me just get another stream of income. What gained my clarity for me was seeing what happened after I had published it, the results, right? Like this was the first book that I self-published. It's for children. And when I self-published it, I saw that it did really well. It became a bestselling in its category. And on top of that, I loved it. Like that's what I'm passionate about writing and talking to my family. So talking to my family and just journaling about it. I would say that's really what gave me clarity, kind of like the validation all in one. And that's when I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Oh my God. So you wrote your first book. What's the name of the book? So everyone knows about it. Yeah. The first, the name of the first book is called 10 Jungle Friends and it's available on Amazon. It's a children's book. And the second book is the Spanish version of it. So Diez Amigos de la Jungla. I love it. Okay, so you were journaling and I love that you mentioned that since you were a child, you just loved getting into writing songs because I always say on my coaching clients and my students, so many times we find what we are passionate about in our childhood. So you just naturally were inclined to writing and that's it. Yeah, I don't know how you grew up or if you ever did this with your family, but I would be with my sister and we would write songs and we would... We would practice our performance. And then when it was done, it was ready. We would have my parents sit in the living room, my grandma, my (laughs) grandfather, and just sing and dance. And I don't know. I just loved it. And it's really funny, too, because most of my lyrics are for rapping. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to be like, Gabriela, give us some rap here (laughs) in the podcast episode. Yeah, I mean, I have one by memory, so it's... Oh my God, that's bonus, everyone here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so it's true. What you say is true. I do think that your passion comes from what you liked back in childhood, because I feel like when you force things, your purpose becomes just to make money, just to make money, just to make money. It doesn't really come from the heart. So I agree with you on that. I love that. I used to write a lot of poetry and poems, but again, it was the same thing of writing and reading. So that's why I feel passionate about what you do and how I see so much value in you doing what you do and how people can get value from that. So you decided to write your first book. I mean, how was the process between that idea and you actually writing it? How was that process for you? So I knew that I wanted to write a book. I didn't know what kind of book. So my first book was honestly inspired because I work with children. I knew that I can get into their headspace because in order to write a children's book, you have to think like a child. That's what I tell my clients who want to write children books. So the idea of it, I would say it took a good six months to actually write it. So I had an idea for it a really long time and it took me like six months to actually execute it because you know, I was nervous. Like I wasn't sure. I was just having doubts. The actual writing it, the execution and all that, it didn't take that long, maybe a month. 
It really didn't wow. take that long. Everything else is what took longer. You know, the illustrations, because you have to hire someone to do the illustrations. You have to wait for them. You have to wait for your editor. You have to wait for them to bring it back. Then you have to work with a graphic designer. And like, it all becomes like a ripple effect. So the writing it down portion didn't take long. What took long was more me executing it and waiting till people I hired to help me do everything, put it together for me. I love that you explained that. And you consistently talking your Instagram about self-publishing versus yes. using a publisher. That's how yes. you said. I'm like, I yes. don't know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so a tradition, you can say traditional publisher or just publisher agency. There's so many words for it. Yeah, because there's so many misconceptions for it. There are a lot of aspiring authors who want to traditionally publish for an X amount of reasons. I would say from my experience, having conversations, like the top reason would be because they get an advanced like check. But what many aspiring authors don't realize is that, and this isn't to bring anyone down and this isn't to say that it's impossible, but it is harder yeah, for your book totally. to get recognized and for it to get traditionally published because you get a lot of rejections and then people get discouraged. So I know people who wait for months, years of getting their book published And so my philosophy is, I always tell my clients, take control of the book that you created. You want full control for it. So self-publish first. And when you when they see how well it's doing, if it's doing well, let's think positive here, then a traditional publisher will look at that book on, yes. let's say, Amazon. And they'd be like, huh, let me pick this book up. Let me contact this person. So I always say that at least for your first book, you should self-publish your book first. I love that. I was thinking of Young Pueblo. You know, Young Pueblo? No, I don't actually. Oh my God. I'm going to share his information. So he's a super famous author and he writes kind of in prose, kind of like poems, like short snippets. You okay. have probably seen him in Instagram. Like everyone shares his stuff. And at the beginning, he just started writing and posting in Instagram. And his Instagram did so well that then traditional publishers started reaching out to him. That's amazing. And I was like, wow, that's, that's like amazing. amazing. It probably makes sense that I'm not aware of him because I don't really read poems or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll share But, with you. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. After this call, because I am very curious. But yeah, he or she is not the only one. There's like so many people go through that. They self-publish and then it gets picked up like that. Wow. A lot of famous authors. Uh-huh. So how people don't know because there's so many misconceptions out there. I didn't know. I was like, I need to talk to Gabriela because I need to be informed when yeah. I make this decision. So before, did you know anything about this? Where do you learn about all of this information that you have? Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> wow. Uh, Self-publishing, I had absolutely no idea. I just knew that I wanted to get my book out there and I didn't know how. And so that's when I did research. How I learned is because I myself hired an author coach. And so I they told me how to do everything. Yeah, because for me, time is money. And like, I understand that there's free content on YouTube and on Google and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's free content for a reason. So like paid content is a lot more, it's better. It's structured, intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe coaches yeah, need coaches. You want to continue growing, you got to hire a coach or someone that will help you get there. So I love that. Yeah. You 
Okay, so you hire a coach, that person gave you the roadmap that later on you refine for yourself and your services. So if someone wants to write a book and let's say they decide to self-publish, what is the first thing they need to start thinking about or start executing? How does that work? Well, first I would ask them, do you know what you want to write about? Because some people don't sometimes, or some people have so many ideas that they feel overwhelmed and they're not sure which topic they should write about. Because I do believe that your first topic should be niched down, just like anything else, right? Just like your podcast, for example. Like, like business or... Down, yeah. I would say, what do you want to write? Once they figure that out, then we go to researching. And a lot of people don't know that because in order for your book to be successful, to be an Amazon bestseller, if we're talking about KDP, for example, KDP is Amazon. You need to do the research, like categories keywords, target audience, all that stuff in order to get there. And that's what people don't understand or they leave it to the very end and then they just don't do it well. And so that would be the first. It would be, what do you want to write about the research and then the outline? And from then on forth, we go forward. So I would say definitely if anyone is listening to this, watching this pro tip, do not write before you research. Okay. I love it. So do not write before you research. And the research is about the keywords, maybe the competition, like all those factors. Yes. Your book competitors, your genre, keywords, categories, target audience, all of that fun stuff. Interesting. I (laughs) love it. Yeah. And in the course that I have, because I know earlier before we started recording, we were talking about digital products and like, I have a course for it. And I make sure that I'm very detailed because a lot of people get confused and there's a whole Excel spreadsheet on it. And like, what exactly to write? Here's where you do this. Because later on, when you publish onto KDP, that's where you're going to implement everything that you researched. Got it. Okay. So you have the outline, right? And how do they execute the writing? Do you recommend like dedicating 30 minutes a day, one hour a day? How does that work? For someone yeah. To- so to answer that question, it just depends on the person because okay. I've had clients who have multiple jobs or they're a mom or they're a full-time dad, or they're able to work on it full-time on the book full-time. So it depends on everyone. I would say that at least write three times a week for at least three to five hours. I know that's a lot, but it depends with their launch date. If someone wants to be realistic and say they want to launch their book in three to four months, I would say, all right, you got to hustle and you need to like write for real, for real. But if someone wants to say, I want to launch my book in six months to, I don't know, 10 months, then you can like take your time a little bit. It just depends on a lot. It's really hard to answer that question because how long is the book? What kind of book are you writing? Are you writing a children's book or are you writing a bigger book? So it just really all depends. And I always say that when it comes to writing, when you're writing, you know, your first draft, your second draft, whatever draft it is that you're doing, make sure that you have a planner with you because you want to hold yourself accountable and you want to write down, these are the days that I'm writing. Did I do this? Let's say I had a family function, so I couldn't do it. All right, let me do it tomorrow. Let me see if I can do like two hours tomorrow. It's just, it's really good to be organized about it and to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. You have given so much amazing information. I'm so excited. (laughs) So you have the outline, you have defined your approach to execute. Is there any limit to pages that people need to be thinking about or they just start writing and then they refine later on? 
That's where the research comes in because okay, it's really sure. good. Yeah, that's why it's good to research your competitors because you want your book to be unique, right? I'm not saying you have to copy your book competitors at all. I'm just saying gain inspiration. For example, if you're going to write a children's book for a toddler that's three years old up to seven years old, an illustration children's book, okay? You're not going to write a 100 page children's <laughs> book. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, yes, totally. like Some of them are just pretty obvious. So again, it just depends on the book that you're writing. I am a fan of series. I do challenge my clients and people that I know to write short series because the more books you have out there, the more income you'll make. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. The more diversified it is too. Exactly. So let's take this book, for example. This is a lot of like tips I'm giving everyone. (laughs) I know. I'm like, and I tend to be granular at times. So (laughs) sorry for the very specific. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. So let's say we take this book, for example. This is my latest book that I self-published. This is a generalized book, but I did it on purpose. Yes, I did it on purpose because the chapters that are in it. So the name of the book is Guidebook into Your 20s, How to Survive Being a Young Adult When Feeling Lost. I love it. Yeah. So like, let's say these chapters, right? For example, my plan is to write a series for them, but the series would be focusing one book per chapter if that makes sense yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, this will be the introduction and then so that's my plan we'll see how it goes I have so many ideas in my head that's the problem <laughs> that's we are similar on that sense so I'm like <laughs> let me prioritize everything that I'm thinking right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah. I love it okay cool so you just write all these things now let's talk about the team members because you mentioned, oh my God, you mentioned the editing, the digital creator person of the images. I don't even know the name. Who are the key people in this team to make your dream of having a book a reality? Yeah, if you're self-publishing, number one, an editor, because you want to make sure that your book is bomb.com, no grammatical errors or anything like that. And also a graphic designer. So I would say an editor and a graphic designer would be your key team members that you'd want to hire. You don't need to hire an illustrator unless you want to. If you're writing a children's illustrations book, then yes, definitely hire an illustrator. And I do have some clients who choose not to write their books. So we also hire ghostwriters for them. I'm not sure if you're familiar with ghostwriters. No, tell me more about that. Okay. So a ghostwriter is basically someone who you hire that writes the book for you. But there's a lot of misconceptions with that because people sometimes feel ashamed if they hire a ghostwriter because then they think a ghostwriter wrote this for me, so I'm not really the author. But that's not true because you're working with the ghostwriter. So essentially, the idea is that you're writing an outline. So let's say, I don't know, give me an idea of a book. Okay, let me see. I always talk about the immigrants being the perfect example of entrepreneurship. Immigrants as the entrepreneurs of the- I love world. that. Yeah, I, I love that. So let's talk about that, the immigrants, right? Yes. Entering into like entrepreneurial, all that world and stuff. You would write the outline, right? Let's just say you're doing bullet points. This is what I would like to talk about here. It's a simple outline like to yourself. And all you would do is send it to the ghostwriter and they write it. They write the book for you. Now, essentially, you would write, you would work with them. Let's say you're my ghostwriter and I'm hiring you. I would be like, can you please send me just a chapter each week so that I can look into it? And maybe I want to make changes and like give it to you so we can revise it. So you're working with the ghostwriter. It depends. Some people choose to just, they literally be like, I want to write about dog training. Just write it. I don't even care what it's about. 
and, you know, hire <laughs> the ghostwriter, they do it and that's it, bam, which is fine. But yeah, so that's essentially what a ghostwriter does. And there's a lot of people who do it. A lot of people. I mean, think wow. about celebrities, influencers, just people who don't wow. have the time, who have the means financially to do so. Because so in I, my mind, when I think of a ghostwriter, in my mind, it's like, how are they going to know my stories? How are they going to know my tone of conversation? Like all of these things. But I guess. Exactly. Which you don't have to. Because let's exactly. say if I were writing a book like that, a story about me that was more personal to me, I probably wouldn't want to write a ghostwriter. Exactly. They wouldn't understand my own experiences. And But I know there are ways to do it. There are so many ways to do it. And there are so many people who have done it. It's just really a matter of, do you want to or not? I have 50, 50, 50% of the clients want to hire a ghostwriter and then 50% of them don't. I just want to lay it out there and say that there's no shame in hiring a ghostwriter because there are so many limiting beliefs and like imposter syndrome because of it. Yeah, but, yeah, it makes total yeah. sense. You're just delegating the writing piece, but you're co-creating with the ghostwriter. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. That gives you so much more clarity about the ghostwriter. So the ghostwriter, the editor, and then the digital person that I always forget the name. Graphic designer. Graphic designer. (laughs) Graphic designer. And that's for the book cover kind of thing, the graphic design? Yeah, exactly. The graphic designer does the, well, if you're doing a paperback or a hardcover, they do the front and the back. If you're doing an ebook, then just the front is fine because people read it off like yeah tablet or la computadora the computer or yeah the, the computer are there advantages to writing an ebook versus publishing a hard copy like what is your opinion on those all right well my forte is amazon kdp so i can give you the benefits for amazon kdp but there's so many platforms there's ingram spark there's barnes and nobles there's like so many places out there so i feel like this question can apply, can be answered in so many different ways. The advantages to self-publishing an ebook versus a paperback, for example, would be that in KDP, there's essentially checkbox. You can either check it or not. And it's called Kindle Select. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but just to talk about it briefly, Kindle Select is a program. It's a 90 day program where Amazon gives you all these benefits of like, they help put your book out there and you get more views from your book. You can get more downloads, more Amazon reviews, all that stuff. I mean, there's so much more that goes into it, but then I'd be here all day. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a benefit to KDP for an ebook versus a paperback. And I feel like there's so many benefits to paperback also because there's people who love to read like from here. And let's say, you know, my book is a workbook. So you can like write things down if you want. I see it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I was researching and your book has great reviews. You need to check Gabriela's <laughs> books because I always research and stalk every guest that comes in the podcast. And I'm like, I mean, she is legit. And imagine yeah. she's giving all this information for free. Imagine what she can do whenever you pay for her services. Okay. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so sweet. But yeah, it's a lot though. It's a lot of hard work. And that's I bet. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Because I get a lot of people wanting to, for example, if we go back to the traditional versus self-publishing, a lot of aspiring authors say that they want to go the traditional route because then the publishers and those agencies are going to market the book for them. And that's not true. Like you still have to market your own book. And with self-publishing, you have to market your own book. So it goes both ways. Just like in anything else, your podcast, your YouTube, you have to market it. It's the same thing with the book. So 
It's a lot, but it's worth it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I love that you brought the marketing piece because whenever I think of creating the digital course I created, my one-on-one coaching marketing is such a huge component of yeah. every single thing you're providing as a service or a product in this case. You became a number one bestseller in Amazon. So what is the right approach to marketing? What do you recommend if you want to be a number one bestseller? That, I'm going to be a not so detailed because that's like a... You do, yeah, you give the information. Yeah, yeah, no worries. But I will say that you can't be shy. You can't be shy on social media because, and I want to emphasize that because I used to be shy. I have a personal account and I purposely have the now account that you found me on, Gabriela M. Calavit, because I was too shy to market my first book to the people I went to high school with or friends or family. Like I was really shy. I get so many clients who say that. So you can't be shy. You have to put yourself out there. Things like this, podcasts, do guest blog posts. There is a way, but contact me if you want to know. That's which way. right. I mean, I love that advice because it applies to every single thing. Yeah. Many people have this limiting belief of I'm not enough. Who do you think I am to self-publish a book? Who do you think I am to promote my book? Right. I think it's really important. And with content, I mean, have you felt that way through like marketing your own content? Yeah. I mean, well, when I pre-sold my digital course, which by the way, pre-selling is another strategy that I've heard of, like books related. Et yeah. Yeah. You can pre-sell them. Uh-huh. Yeah. When I pre-sold my digital course, I was like freaking out because I feel you have to overcome this limiting belief over and over whenever you're doing something new that you have never done before. And you're just stretching the boundaries of your identity and you're just growing. I think it's totally normal. The important part is not letting that stop you. And you push, move forward and push and push until you get there. (laughs) Exactly. I love you that you said that because it's so true. I've had people contact me thinking that my job was to market their books for them because they were too shy to market (laughs) it themselves and show their face. And I was like, I don't do that. But you should try. <laughs> there is a gap in the business there. Maybe someone yeah. needs to start doing that. Yeah. I love it. I had another question. Okay, so pre-selling, what is the difference between Amazon bestseller versus New York Times? Like all these bestsellers categories that I see yeah. all over the place. Okay, so when people say Amazon bestsellers list, there's so many categories that goes into a book. So let's say this one is a children's book, right? And this is for young adults. Each of the books have their own category. So it's kind of like, think of hashtags. It's similar to that. That's like the only that I can think of at the top of my head. So they put a similarity to it. So there could be a lot of books, number one in their category, and it'd still be a bestseller. Because as long as a book hits a certain number, it's considered a bestseller. I don't want to give away that number, but no worries. (laughs) Yeah. I have my own opinions when it comes to New York bestsellers and other bestseller names. And I feel like it's not a popular opinion, but basically I know so many people. I do know people who've made the New York bestseller list. Now, I'm not taking away from being a New York bestseller. I would love to be New York bestseller. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your opinion. That's totally. Yeah. And I do believe that people will gravitate more to reading a book that's New York bestseller, but it really doesn't do that much of a difference than 
an Amazon bestseller, for example, because it's giving you credibility regardless. Like it doesn't matter. I feel like the only way that it truly matters is what you do with that book. So like, okay, so it's on Amazon now. It's on New York bestseller list now. It's on whatever it is. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do speaking engagements now? Are you going to go and do podcasts like this? Are you going to show your face more? And do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Marketing. What are you going to serve? What are you going to do? Exactly. It's exactly. not about the recognition yeah, or the think, name. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what matters most. And especially for books, essentially the reason why people are writing books to begin with is because they want to either share their knowledge or share an experience or tell the unique story, whatever it is, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. So it's really important to just, as long as you're passionate about it, what are you going to do with that book? How are you going to show your face? Are you going to do, you know, a story time at the public library? Or just sit in your house and hope that it's an Amazon bestseller list or it's on New York bestseller list, but I'm not going to do anything. There's no point. <laughs> it's like whenever you complete a degree and you don't use it. Exactly. Which exactly. happens often, just saying. All the time, yeah. your book <laughs> to, be, to do that. Yeah. No, it's funny you brought that up because my book actually talks about that. Well, we're not here to talk about my book, but just really quick, like, I don't believe that a degree is everything. I yeah, feel like right. there's so many different ways that you can gain knowledge. Totally. I mean, and when you look at your story and my story, I studied chemical engineering and I ended up being a mindset and clarity coach. So I think you have the opportunity to rewrite your story based on the learnings and the lessons you get with life. And that's totally okay. So what are the top two reasons, the top one reason for people that want to write their book? And why do you think everyone should write a book? So I always get two answers for that. And now this is based off of my research, like market research that I do with my audience. And that's number one, they have a story to tell. They just want to like, that they had something that happened in their lives, whether it's traumatic, whether it's not, but they feel like they really want to help someone with their unique story, which I love. So that's what they want to do. You know, they have a story to tell and they want to tell it. And the second reason is knowledge. So let's say an entrepreneur or anyone really who has knowledge for anything wants to express that and wants to teach people what they know, whether it's a self-help book or I don't know how to garden and plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> anything, literally anything. So I would say those, those would be the top two reasons for, it would be just because they're passionate about something express like their own experiences and hopefully help other people. And also for knowledge. Mm-hmm. I love it. And the and next the other one. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think everyone should write a book or why everyone has a book in them, right? That's another way to Yeah. Think. So I think that everyone has a story. I think it's very fascinating. And I don't know, I would say that I'm a really corny person in the sense- Oh my God, girl, we are together <laughs> here because I'm super corny. <laughs> yeah, in the sense that I'll be walking my dog and I'll just look at people and I'll be like, I wonder what their story is. Like, I don't know, you know, like everyone, whatever it is, like, it's just so fascinating to me. So I do believe that whether it's big or small, wherever you came from, like whatever happened, everyone has a story to tell and people can benefit from it. I do believe that someone can learn from your experiences, from your knowledge and why keep that in? Why not express it? And so in today's world, there's so many forms that people learn through podcasts, for example, they learn like visually, like through auditory. Now we have Instagram reels. We have YouTube long videos. We have blogs and we have books. Books is just another way to get your content out there. One of the best things about books is that it's a long time shelf life, especially if it's online. My books 
are always going to be online now. And that's the crazy thing. Unless Amazon decides to die. (laughs) Well, that's not true because my books aren't other websites, other platforms, because my books aren't in Gramspark and it's in Barnes and Nobles too. But my point is, let's say the internet like world died, then I guess it wouldn't be a long shelf life. But there's so many forms to put it, local bookstores, libraries and all that stuff. And it's just another form of content. And I, I do believe that people should tell their own story. I love it. Books, I feel they're like email. It's super ancient, but it's so functional and so meaningful that yeah. they'll always be there. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter what. Yeah. yeah, like I said, people retain information in so many different ways. There's people who genuinely love laying in bed and reading a good book. That's me. And like I need to people, have the hard copy. Yeah. Yes. And there's people who just don't have the time and they're in their car and they're listening to the audio. That's more like me lately. <laughs> There's people like my boyfriend, for example, who does not like to read and he has a short attention span and wants to read articles. There's so many different ways that people can retain information. And I think they're all great. They all have their own usage. Yeah, I love that. Maybe you have done this, putting your books in Audible. Like, what is your thought around that? Yes, I'm actually going through that right now. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I'm so excited. Whenever you do it, let me know. I'll post it in my social media. Thank you so much. Yeah. I am talking to someone who's doing it for me. I'm not narrating it because I mess up way too much. I tried it the first time. I'm like, you're so funny. <laughs> well, you're doing amazing here. <laughs> yeah. So I did hire a lovely lady who's helping me and she's going to narrate my book. And we're going through that right now. I'm, I've been editing it to the revisions and all that stuff. So hopefully in a month or two, but we'll see. What I love about you, honestly, is that you go all in, you follow through, you experiment, which I think is so important for your coaching clients when they're- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like I do for two reasons. I do it for myself, yes, but I do it for my clients more. Yeah. Because I want them to get the most out of me. I want them to get, like, I want to give the best value and the most value I can out there, especially with my digital course and my one-on-one. If I have a client asking me a question, I'm going to be honest. If I don't know, I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. I don't know it, but give me some time. Let me research. And I'll let you know, why not go out and grow and learn? Why not learn how to do audible? Why not learn how to like self-publish in other places other than KDP? Because what if someone had a question? I know how to do it. Like I can help you. So yeah, I do do it for my clients. Now I don't have a course on how to do audible or how to do, yeah, um, yeah. You know, in the but future, maybe. Yeah, I mean, in the future, exactly, because <laughs> I make sure I'm confident in what I'm doing and then teach it. But I mean, I'm sure you do that as well. Totally. For your benefit, but also for your clients. Exactly. I mean, I feel our focus is always serving and that's what drives us. And that's the vision that pulls us in those days that we don't feel like it. Yeah. We just keep moving forward and pushing through. So as you know, I'm a mindset and clarity coach, and I truly believe that 80% of everything is mindset. Mindset. Yes. And I bet whenever you're writing a book, it's kind of an emotional process that you go through too. (laughs) Yeah. So I agree with you. And I love that you said that because my first module is on mindset. (laughs) I love it because it's important. It's the name for everything else. There's so much like imposter syndrome. There's so many limiting beliefs and that we definitely have to like double down on that and debunk it and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, there's moments where I'm just like, I know, like I'm done. I'm done. We all have those moments. (laughs) Yeah. Or I just need a break or I only did this for a year. Who am I to sit talk? I get more imposter syndrome as an author than I do as a coach. I don't know if that sounds weird, but 
I mean, props to me, like I'm proud of myself because I don't get a lot of imposter syndrome as a coach. I feel very confident in what I teach and I know what I teach and I'm good with that. But as an author, to write a book like this, this is my first book that I wrote for young adults. So my imposter syndrome went off the roof because I just turned, like I'm in my early 30s. So this book is about 20s. So my imposter syndrome started with like, why the heck am I writing a book about like my 20s? I literally lived it yesterday. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, and the chapters that go within it, it's like, but who's to say I'm not a relationship coach or I didn't get this degree. Like it definitely gets to me, but I feel like that's only natural. I'll let it sink in. I'll have my moments. I'll watch TV or I'll play Oxbox. I'll wind down, do whatever I have to do. And then I'll get back to it. I think with any type of product, I do one-on-one coaching, et cetera. And I feel we are more in the zone, but when you put a product out there for the whole world to see at the same time, I do believe it's such a vulnerable process and act that I went to a fashion show the other day, and this is not related to a fashion show, but as those people were going through that piece of, it was like a haul. I was thinking in my mind, wow, this is such a moment of vulnerability for whoever created these pieces, because there you have hundreds of people just looking at the same piece as they are going through and just noticing every detail. And I feel with a book or even a digital course, it's the same thing in a way. I know it's nerve wracking. No, yeah. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe people are going to read my words. Because that's something else that I struggle with, judgment. I struggle with judgment a lot. So I was always nervous, like, what if this person reads this? Or what if, I don't know, what ifs, like so many what ifs. And at the end of the day, I just had to like talk to my parents or talk to someone because that's really like my therapeutic. I used to see, I'm all for like therapy, but right now I'm not seeing a therapist. So I guess my therapists are like my close friends and family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I was like, Gabby, like, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever, people are going to judge at the end of the day. Like, some people who you don't know will judge and that's just the honest truth. So it's more like, I just need to get my head out of that when I'm writing. Yeah, I love that. I heard of writer's blog. Is that a thing? I've heard both sides of the story. Some people are like, that's not a thing, that's a thing. So what are your thoughts on the writer's yeah. blog that I hear? No. I don't believe in it. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what that means, but apparently it's a thing that happens. (laughs) Yeah. This is what I say about it. And it's funny because I'm actually like my YouTube channel. It's going to like that for that video for that is going to launch soon. So I'm really excited about that. It is a really popular topic with authors and it's very like either you do or you don't. And here's my response to that. I don't care. And it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if people believe in it and I don't care if people do. What matters is what you do with it. Like what matters essentially if writer's block was a thing, what is it? You're stuck. You're basically yeah, stuck. Exactly. Okay? So who cares what it is? Just what are you going to do when you feel stuck? And that's what I care most about. And that's what I teach my clients. Like whenever you feel like you're feeling stuck, don't take more than a one week break. No more than a one week break. Because I know people who go through writer's block and they don't write for years. And their manuscript is just sitting in their computer or sitting in their notepad. That doesn't help anything. So I always say, don't go more than a week for a break. When you're stuck and you need a break, just do something that you love to do, whether it's going out with your friends or reading or writing, but like something completely different or playing Xbox or going to the gym or traveling. I don't know, whatever it is, like just do something that you like to do. And when you're ready, come back to it. Yeah. Write about your block. Why are you blocked? Right. Yeah. Write sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I know people have so many different strategies. I just know that that's what's helped me. 
And I guess that's just my response to your question because I think essentially it's what you believe in, right? What you believe in. I won't lie. When I hear people say like, I have writer's block, I can't help but cringe. I'm like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Come again. Oh my God. Here we go again. Yeah. I just need to keep myself composed and if they believe in it, then I have to respect that. Then it's you know, true not, for them. Does it? Yeah, exactly. For exactly. Them. So it's all good. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited. I feel I've learned so much. I hope with this interview, people get inspired to write more about their stories because I agree with you. Everyone has a story to tell. And a lot of times imposter syndrome is the one avoiding yeah. us to take action in order to do that. Yes. When were you thinking about writing your book? Oh my God. I have many ideas like you, my friend. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. You're like, prioritize one. (laughs) I have a really good life story full of learnings. I was born in Cuba and then we moved to Mexico and then my mom and I ran away and we hid for six months. It's just like a crazy story. I say it normal, like it's nothing because that's, you know how yeah, it happens. Sure like, it's not, yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. We hit for six months, no big issue. You have said it so many times that for you is nothing big or anything. Yeah. Um, but I have such an inspiring story, mainly my mom as a role model. So in whatever I write, I want to incorporate, of course, all of my life lessons and stories. One maybe about rewriting your story. I will give yourself permission to rewrite your story about the past doesn't define your future. It's something profound, deep, because I'm like deep and cheesy and I love all these stories. (laughs) Super corny as my fiance. (laughs) Seriously. So something like that, really. And I'm all about purpose, intention, fulfillment. So, I mean, something related to that. And my mom has 56, so I want to really talk more with her and extract the information that yeah. maybe I don't remember. It would be a nice For thing. Sure. And that's research, by the way. Doing oh my God, is- I love it. And she loves talking just as me. And so <laughs> I'm sure she would love it. I'm like, mom, we get to spend hours together. <laughs> talking. She's like, she yes. she lives with my fiance and I and sometimes she's like you guys are so busy you know how moms are I need to prioritize writing this book so we can talk more about everything I think it'd be so great and just with your community and like the Latinas and the immigration and all that stuff I think it would be really really good I know I'm excited. I'm like, honestly, I told my fiance, baby, within the next year, I'm going to make this happen because I, I'm like you, I get many ideas and then I start yeah. execute and I want to make sure I'm intentional because it's so easy to fall into a trap of branching yes. out, doing many things. Oh yes, that happens all the time. Like I'm on the go, go, go. And I'm like, wait, no, I need to stop, focus on what I am doing. And like little by little. I mean, I get excited and I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. Literally, I told like there are two ladies that I meet with and I told them I need to put in a slide in PowerPoint all of the pillars of my business because I'm public speaking. I'm doing one-on-one coaching. I'm doing digital course. I'm doing like all these things. And I'm like, okay, I got to be intentional because I love serving. I have the podcast. I love serving. And we are also running a business, right? So you got to have a really fine balance between these things if you want to be here in the long term. I truly believe writing a book is calling me. And 
something that I've learned over the years is to trust that voice. And if it keeps yep. repeating in your head, like if it's keep coming up, I truly believe there is a purpose for it. Yeah, definitely trust your instinct. Trust your contact when you're ready and I'll definitely help you out. Yes, I'm telling you here. And I've told you since I met you, I love your content. So I want our listeners to follow you where they can find you. Just give us Uh information. (laughs) It's really simple, really. It's just Instagram at Gabriela M. Cadavid. And that's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A. M. Cadavid is C-A-D-A-V-I-D. That's where I have everything there. Like the link in my bio, everything is there. You'll see my YouTube there and everything. Perfect. Gabriela, I am so grateful. I'm so excited that we got to share this beautiful time together. I learned so much. And my friend, I'm going to be reaching out. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I was looking forward to this. I know we've spoken for a while now and I was anticipating it. So thank you so much. And I just looking forward to like continuing our friendship. Yes, I'm excited. I hope all of you really enjoy this episode. Go follow Gabriela. I'm always so, I love what you post on social media, on YouTube. She has many things. Oh my God, you need to follow her. So we'll (laughs) see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.